Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. <laughs> All right. Hey, my name is Mike McGowan. I'm the senior pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, we're in week two of our message series called Peace Out, where we're learning how to say peace out to worry, fear, and anxiety. Because, look, the truth of it is that most of the time, most of us live our lives a little bit stressed out. Most of the time, we live life maxed out and overextended. But God tells us that you and I, we can have peace. We can have a sense of inner peace, regardless of the circumstances that are going on around us. Okay? Um, and like we understood last week, there's really two big things that keep us from enjoying that kind of inner peace. The first is this, is that we get stuck playing the what if game. You know, we, we go through different scenarios in our mind thinking like, well, what if, what if? You know, what if, you know, this were to happen? What if I were to lose my job? What if insurance doesn't cover it? You know, what if we run out of money? What if it really is cancer? What if I end up alone? You know, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I'm telling you, when we go through those scenarios, I mean, it puts us in a downward spiral, and peace becomes almost impossible at that point. Second reason that uh, we tend to not be able to find peace in our lives is because we mistakenly think that a change in our circumstances is what will bring us peace. That if it's my circumstances that are stressing me out, if there's something going on, it's, it's maxing me out, then if my circumstances will just improve, if my circumstances will get better, well, then I'll have peace. And that sounds like that should be true, but it's not. And the reason it's not is because the absence of trouble is not the same as having inner peace. Now, the absence of trouble does back us away from the ledge of panic, and so that's true, but that's not the same as having inner peace. That's not what God is talking about and what he wants you to have. He wants you to have a sense of inner peace that's independent of the circumstances that you and I are going through, okay? So how can we have peace? Well, to, talk, to illustrate what God is going to teach us today, um, I think the best way to illustrate that is with yoga, yeah, that's right, yoga, okay? Um, now, I, I don't know how many of you have done yoga before, but I've done yoga, and I really love it. I like it. Now, it's, I'm not talking about the, like, the weird, mystical, Eastern, get in touch with the cosmos, you know, kind of yoga. I'm not talking about that. I'm just simply talking about the, the stretchy, balancey, you know, strength-building kind of yoga. And it's really fun. And so, anyway, on the yoga video that we have at home, the, the instructor Right before we start the balance portion, he always says, he's like, well, I mean, of course he always says, it's on a video, so it's the same every time. So, <laughs> like, duh. So, he always says, before we start the balance portion, um, focus on a spot in the back of the room. And so, you know, then the first balance is a, it's a, it's a movement called tree, and basically you, you know, put your foot right here, but if, but if, but, no, 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 don't be excited yet, because that wasn't very good. <laughs> Because if you're, if you're just looking around the room, it's, it's literally, it's almost impossible to do. But if you focus on one spot in the back of the room, you just focus on one spot and keep your eyes on one spot, and don't worry, I've got yoga pants on under this, it's okay. <laughs> if you focus on one spot in the back of the room, 
Like you can do it. You could even raise the limbs like this. Yeah, whoa, whoa, steady. Yeah. You can raise the limbs. You can go over your head. You can tweet the birds. You can do all kinds of things, okay? But look, you can do it if you focus on one spot in the back of the room. And maybe you see where I'm going with this. Because the same is true for us in life. Because when things around us seem to be going crazy, in order for me to have balance and not like get rocked back and forth, I've got to focus on one spot. And I'm not talking about a spot in the back of the room. I'm talking about focusing on the person of Jesus Christ. And if I I could focus on the person of Jesus Christ, then I'll be able to stand still and be at inner peace, regardless of the storm or the chaos or the crazy going on around me. Now, before we go any farther, here's what I want you to do. Pull out your message notes, look at the top. At the top of your message notes, I left you a blank. And it says this, it says, one thing that causes me worry and stress is blank. And I want you to fill in whatever that blank is for you. It's to be different for everybody, but whatever it is that causes you worry and stress, and it might be the one thing, or it might be, there might be tons of things, but whatever it is that comes to your mind first, write it in that blank. Like for me, it's finances. Like when, there's, when things are financially tight, I mean, I'll tell you, I am a hard person to live with. So whatever it is for you, and for you, it might be finances. You know, it, 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 it might be um, your marriage. It might be your kids. It might be teenagers. It might be a new baby. It might be when your husband is acting like a baby, right? It, it, it might be a new start. It might be starting over in a new town or starting a new school, starting a new job, or just starting over in your life. But whatever it is that causes you stress, I want you to take some, I want you to write it in that blank because we're going to come back to it when we get to the end, okay? So write it down right now, all right? Now, in a set of progressive verses in the book of John, over three periods of time, Jesus tells his disciples how they can have peace regardless of their circumstances. And it's almost, and and these passages occur months apart from one another. So it's almost like Jesus gives his disciples the truth about peace, and then as they're able to absorb it, digest it, and put it in in practical life, then a few months later, he gives them another teaching, and then as they're able to absorb it, put it in the practical life, then he gives them another teaching about peace. Now, we have the benefit today of looking at all of it in one sitting. But by the time the disciples got to the end, They were able to have peace in their lives despite turmoil, persecution, poverty, and threats to their life. And that's the kind of peace that God wants us to have, no matter the circumstances that are going on around us. So let's look at this progression of verses, and if you want to follow along in your Bible, they're all in the book of John. If you want to follow along on on your phone, that's fine too. If you want to follow along in the message notes, that's also fine. So here's the first of the the three passages. It's in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says this. He says, I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that the world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. Now look, there's there's nothing extraordinary about the the context and the circumstance in which Jesus teaches this. He's just teaching them about a variety of things, and he changes the subject, and he starts teaching them and talking to them about having peace. And he says that he'll give them peace, but it's a peace that 
only he can give, and it's different from what the world gives. So here's the first truth I want you to write down, right, and this is your bullet point, is that Jesus' peace is different from the world's peace. The peace that Jesus gives is different than the world's peace. And how is it different? It's because, it's because what the world offers isn't actually peace. The only thing that the world can offer is simply an absence of trouble. But the absence of trouble is not the same as having peace because God says that you can have peace even in the midst of trouble, even in the middle of difficult and hard circumstances. And the reason we know that that's what Jesus is referring to is because right after this, Jesus tells his followers that he is going to die. He predicts his death. So basically what he's telling the disciples is like, hey guys, you're about to experience some real trouble. And when that happens, you can have peace. Because the peace that I give you is different than the world's peace. It's not, it's not linked to your circumstances. And Jesus knew that that was the only thing that they understood about peace, that it was a part of their circumstances, because look, for the disciples, in order for them to have peace, they would have thought that, well, there needs to be a massive change in the circumstances of our country. Basically, the only way for us to have peace is for someone to come in and overthrow the Romans and kick them out because if our oppressors are taken care of and they're gone, ha, well, then we can finally have peace. And Jesus knew that's what they were thinking. And Jesus says, no, 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 you don't get it. That's not it. The peace that I give is different than what the world says. The peace that I give is independent of circumstances. You can have it no matter what your circumstances are. That's the first thing Jesus says. Okay? So here's the second passage. Here's the second big thing that Jesus says. This one, the second passage, um, the circumstances surrounding it, the context is that Jesus is talking to the disciples and teaching them about his upcoming trial and persecution because they still didn't understand that he was going to have to die. Um, and so Jesus, in John 16, 20, 32 and 33, he says this. He says, but a time is coming and has come when you'll be scattered, each to his own home. You will all leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that, and I want you to underline this phrase, in me, you may have peace. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So here's the second big truth that Jesus gives about his peace, and that's this, is that Jesus' peace comes from him. It's uniquely tied to the person of Jesus Christ. And what this means is that the, the peace that Jesus brings only comes from having a relationship with him. Now, I'm not just talking about becoming a Christ follower, although it certainly includes that. What I am talking about is that you have to have an active, ongoing relationship with Christ in order to have his peace. And I'm telling you, like, this would have, this would have rung true in the hearts of the disciples because I'm telling you, more than one of them probably would have recalled a time when they were with Jesus in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and, and in that night time, out of nowhere, a storm blew up, and the waves started white capping and coming over the sides of the boat, and the disciples were freaking out because they thought they were going to sink and they were going to drown in the midst of the storm. But Jesus, the whole time, like, he's asleep in the bow of the boat. Now, this is just like Mike McGowan version, but I've always wondered if 
in that moment, if Jesus wasn't in the front of the boat, just like playing possum, you know? Like he knew, like he knew what was going on. Like he could hear the disciples, he could hear them freaking out, he could hear them in the midst of their panic. Because I'm telling you, their circumstances had stolen every shred of peace they had. And so they, they run over to Jesus and they shake him, they wake up like, Jesus, Jesus, save us, we're all gonna drown. And so Jesus gets up, he speaks to the storm, and everything grows calm. And then he turns to the disciples and he says to them, where is your faith? Now, he's not chastising the disciples because they didn't have enough faith to speak to the storm and calm the storm themselves. That's not what he's saying. And if you go read it on your own, you'll see that. But what he is saying to them is, where is your faith where you can have peace in the midst of a storm? Where is your faith where you could remain calm despite what's going on in the circumstances around you and go read it for yourself it's in luke chapter 8 beginning in verse 22 that's what jesus is telling so get this here's what i want you to catch from that little little story when jesus was awake and with the disciples and in an active relationship with the disciples they were at peace when jesus was asleep and the disciples were doing things on their own they had no peace. So getting back to our original verse that we were looking at, when Jesus says, in me you have peace, what Jesus is saying is, is that you have peace only when you are in an active relationship with me. That's what he's saying. That's what he's getting at, okay? All right. Now, let's look at the third thing before we bring all this together at the end, okay? And this, this third teaching that Jesus gives us occurs on the evening of the first day after he's risen from the dead, okay? The disciples are, are huddled together in a place called the upper room, and they're scared to death because they think the um, authorities are going to come, and they're going to arrest them and perhaps crucify them just like they did Jesus. And so then something extraordinary happens. In John chapter 20, verse 19, the Bible says this. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the third thing we understand from this passage is that Jesus' peace is tied to the Holy Spirit. Jesus' peace is tied to the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says, peace be with you, it's more than just a casual greeting. Because in that culture, a lot of times they would just greet each other with the word by saying, shalom. And that just simply means peace or peace be with you. But the reason we know this is not a casual greeting is because Jesus says it twice. I mean, nobody enters a room and says, hello, and then has a conversation with people, and then out of the blue goes, hello. Like, that would be totally weird. And so that's not what Jesus does there. When it, so when he says, peace be with you, what he's saying is, may my peace be with you. And then the Bible says, he breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, does that sound a little weird? 
to anybody? I mean, it kind of does. And like, what did that look like? I mean, when Jesus breathed on them, did it, like, did he breathe on them? Like, you know, like how, like sometimes we check for a bad breath. Did he go, <sighs> yeah? Or did he, did he blow on them? Like, <sighs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. But, but here's what we do know. What we do know is that the peace of Christ is tied to the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're new to church or new to Christianity, um, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. The Trinity is how we explain the three roles of God or the, the, the three forms in which God appears to us. One God, three forms, three roles. God the Father, whom we think of as sitting on a throne in heaven, ruling the universe. God the Son, which is Jesus Christ. And then God the Spirit, which we call the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you whenever you become a Christian, whenever you become a Christ follower, okay? So, and I know, all of that this morning so far, that's just been like a lot of teaching. And so the question is like, okay, Pastor Mike, like how does that apply to me? Like how can I take these three passages and put them into practice? I mean, wh- what practically does it mean? It means that you and I need to do two things. And look, and I'm going to tell you, when I tell you these two things, you're going to be underwhelmed. And the reason I know you're going to be underwhelmed is because as I was praying about this, i like, what does all this mean? When our Heavenly Father revealed it to me, I was underwhelmed. And I was underwhelmed because, like, because they were just so simple. But just because something's simple doesn't mean that it's not true. And just because something is simple doesn't mean that everybody's doing it. In fact, if you don't have as much peace in your life as you want, it's because you're not doing one or both of these two things. So if you want more peace, you need to not just know these truths, you need to commit to doing them. So here they are, and they, and they all, both of them answer the question of how, I, how can I choose Jesus' peace? Here they are. Number, here's the first one, first of the simple truths. I need to choose Jesus once. I need to choose Jesus once. Because remember, you can't have peace without having the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you when you become a Christ follower. That's when you pray and ask Jesus to come into your life and you commit to follow him. And the thing about becoming a Christ follower is you only have to do it one time. Because you know, once you are a Christ follower, I mean, you are one. But it is a decision that everybody has to make at some point in life. And not to decide actually is to decide. So, you know, maybe you've never become a Christ follower, or maybe you're not sure you've become a Christ follower before. And if that's you, I'm going to give you a chance to become a Christ follower, because I'm going to give you that chance to, to make that decision at one point in your life. It's, um, it's kind of like, you know, like when people get married. You know, when you get married... Before, that, before you say, I do, but up until that time, you're not married. But then once you say the words, I do, from that point forward, you are married. And once you're married, like, you're married, right? But it all happens at that point of, I do. It's the same with Christ. Until you say, I do to Jesus, before that, before you become a Christ follower, you're not one. But once you actually say and pray the words, I do to Jesus, 
then from that point on, you are a Christ follower. And there's nothing you can do to change that, okay? So if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, to forgive you and commit to following him, if you follow him, if you've never said, I do to Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. There's a, a, a prayer, it's at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, or you can't remember if you've prayed that prayer before, then pray it today. Like, get that locked in. Know for sure that you're a Christ follower. Say, I do to Christ today by praying that prayer, okay? So that's how you say yes to Jesus once. That's how you choose Jesus. You gotta choose him one time in your life, and that's how you do it. The second truth is this, write this one down. In order to have peace, number two, I have to choose Jesus daily. I've got to choose Jesus daily. Because remember, Jesus' peace only comes from him. And that's absolutely true. But in order to have that peace, it means you have to have an ongoing relationship with him. Let's get back to our, our marriage example for just a second. You know, before you get married, you know, you're not, uh, you're, you're, you know, before you get married, you haven't said I do, you're not married yet, but once you say I do, it's not like that's all you have to do. In order to have a healthy marriage, from that point forward, you have to invest in that relationship daily. It's the same thing with Christ. Once you say I do to Jesus, once you become a Christ follower, you have to invest in that relationship daily in order to make it healthy. And so you have to literally choose Jesus daily. And honestly, this is where most Christ followers fall short. And, and it, honestly, it's, it's, it's why peace so quickly eludes us. Because we don't have that ongoing relationship with Christ. Um, it's just like when the disciples and Jesus was asleep, you know, in, in the boat. We panic when things start going awry around us. I mean, do you ever feel like Jesus is asleep? in the bow of your boat? And that the only time you actually go and wake him up is when you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus, I'm panicked and I need you to come in. I need you to fix this thing in my life. That's how a lot of people live. But that is not at all what Jesus had in mind when he taught about peace. He wants to have a relationship with us when there's storms going on and when it's calm. And the peace he gives us is independent of our circumstances. It can last when there's storms going on and when it's calm. But that relationship has to be daily. It has to happen daily. Um, so if you're already a Christ follower, Jesus is already in your boat. He's just waiting for you to choose to develop that relationship with him every day. So um, how do you do that? In my own life, I have just realized that if I do three things every day, then my relation with Jesus remains strong. Three things. And here they are. I'm going to give them to you. One, two, three. So you need to write these down quickly, okay? Here they are. Number one, I need to pray. Number two, read the Bible. Number three, listen to worship music. I'm going to say them again. I need to pray. I need to read the Bible. And I need to listen to worship music. And when I am doing those three things every day, man, my relationship with Jesus is strong. And when I leave, start leaving out any one of them, my relationship weakens. So here's what I've done for you. Um, I have filmed three short videos about how I do each one of these three, and I'm going to make them available to you. So if you want to see how I do it, and listen, how I do it might not be how you do it, and that's fine, but I'm just going to tell you what I do, and then you can adapt it and make whatever version of it you want that best fits you. 
But if you want to see how I put these things into practice in my own personal life, um, I want to send you a link to all three of these videos. So here's what I want you to do. Pull out your smartphone right now. Right now. Pull out your phone. And I want you to text the word daily to 50601. And if you text the word daily to 50601, it will return back to you a link to all three of those videos. And you can watch one of them. If there's one of those things you struggle with, if you struggle with all three, then struggle, then watch all three. And you can watch them as many times as you want to because they're just links. So if you text the word daily to 50601, you'll get all three of those links and then you can watch those however you want to. And then you adapt them and put them into practice in your life however you want to. But do it. Okay, now, little personal confession from me. I used to think that um, if I didn't read my Bible and pray every day, that God would be disappointed in me and he'd be mad at me and that my day would go poorly. And there are some days that that was true. But yet there were other days and that, that wasn't true. And over the years, here's what I've discovered, and, and this is what I want you to write down. When I choose Jesus daily, it might not affect my day differently, but my day affects me differently. When I choose Jesus daily, it might not affect my day differently, but my day affects me differently. Because when I choose Jesus, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me gives me peace. And, and, and because I'm looking to Jesus, he gives me a peace that the world cannot bring. That no matter what my circumstances are, I can have that sense of inner peace because I am choosing him. So here's what I want you to do. Look at, your, look at the front side of your piece of paper. Look at that thing you wrote down at the beginning of the message today. That one thing that steals your peace faster than anything else. If you will choose Jesus once, and then from that point forward, choose him daily, I'm telling you, when that one thing happens, or when you run across that one thing, or that when you experience that one thing, you will feel differently. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, it's probably still going to make you frustrated, okay? I'm not saying that there won't be an absence of frustration, but what I am saying is that when you focus on that one spot, when you focus on the person of Christ daily, even when there's a storm going on around you, you'll be able to remain balanced and still and have a sense of inner peace regardless of the waves. That's what happens when you make that kind of a peaceful choice. Okay? Bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, <clears throat> thank you for these two very simple truths. And I pray for everybody listening today that wants more peace. They, they so desperately just want to say peace out to worry and fear and anxiety. And so I thank you for these simple truths, that they're simple, which means they're accessible to anyone, to each one of us. And I ask that you would help us to put them into practice in our lives and not just something that we should put on the shelf because it's simple. And so I pray that you would help those that need to to choose you once and those that have already chosen you once 
Jesus to choose you daily. And in doing so, we would have the kind of peace that you promised. I love you. And ask you to do all this with the strength and power and privilege of asking in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.